This is episode 78, Healing Through Sound, Past Lives, and Soul Callings with Nina Bourne. It's Erica here. How are you? It's been a while since I've done an introduction because we had our little spring break, which was so rejuvenating. It's such an honor to co-host with Lauren and have a friend who's always on Bourne to pull back, allow ourselves to rest so we can come back better than ever. And i typically get excited about all of our guests because a lot of the times they are guests that I have sourced and that is true for Nina. I met Nina last year. So in 2021, I attended one of her sound healing ceremonies. It was so beautiful. It was my first time being at a sound healing ceremony and it's just this really interesting journey and adventure. And I imagine it's very different depending on the practitioner that's leading it, but I was super drawn to Nina's energy and we connected on Instagram and then eventually I was like, you just need to come on the podcast. So here we are. And Nina is a holistic health practitioner. She's a Reiki master, a Theta healing practitioner. She has a past life certification. She has all kinds of tools and strategies and certifications and she's combining them into beautiful beautiful magic that we can't wait to share with you today. I also invite you to make sure to check out the show notes. She gave us a 15% off coupon code for her online classes. So you can use the code HACK for that and go explore all of the classes and events that she hosts. I think that you will absolutely love it, especially if you're listening because you are just drawn to the title, whether you're familiar with healing through sound and things like past life regressions. But either way, you're going to love this episode. And if it resonates, if it supports you in some way, we just ask that you maybe take a screenshot of you listening on your favorite podcast platform, share that picture to Instagram, and then tag myself, tag Lauren, tag the podcast, or tag Nina, whatever you feel like doing. But just let us know one takeaway, one thing that really hit home for you. And that way we can just continue to spread the love and get this message out to the people that need it. So without further ado, let's get on to our conversation with Nina Bourne. Hi, Nina. Thank you so much for being here today. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Yeah. And as Lauren was saying before we hit record, a lot of, I think all the topics that we're going to cover today is really a first for us on the podcast. So we're really excited to have you and have you share your magic. And we might even do like a little demonstration later. So stay tuned, listeners. And I found you because I actually have attended one of your sound healing ceremonies. It was in the fall in Denver and it was just, I just remember being like, I like her energy. I need to be (laughs) more. And so I'm glad that we're able to kind of have this conversation and go a little deeper with you today. So why don't you start off with just sharing about your story? And I always love hearing you know, we, we both do love hearing how the journey takes you to where you are today. So tell us from the beginning. Okay, once upon a time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where do I start? Okay, well, I was born in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and my soul chose to be open, adopted person. So I chose to come into this body with these genes and be raised by my beautiful, unconditionally loving and supportive family. As an adult, I know that that was 
a choice, maybe overzealous. <laughs> but I came in, adopted, knowing my birth family and having an amazing family coming into it was really best case scenario. So that's a lot of where my trauma or, you know, issues, life issues that we can work on stems from. I grew up on a beautiful prairie in nature, and that was really where my spirituality unraveled and was just natural. So as an adult, I remember times as a child and was like, oh my gosh, this is when it really was uh, pure and and 100% whole and fair. I, as a young kid, had a lot of psychic abilities, you could say. So I could not necessarily see all of the time, although that was one of, I could see like shadow people or like beings going through and also sense different energy personalities or presences. And I thought that was normal until I became a teenager. So I lived a very magical, just, you know, very pure childhood, deeply connected with nature. This was back before all of the developments, you know, kind of took over in the early 90s. And then as a teenager, I transferred school districts. So I entered into a whole new group of kids and what a hard time of life being a teenager is now. So that you know, core abandonment, longing to belong and to be accepted really kicked in. And so in all honesty, I just abandoned myself and was like, whatever I need to do to fit in and be in with the cool kids, you know, I, I partied a lot. I let go of my creativity as a kid. I was always drawing. I was super artistic. And so teenage years to a very early 20s, I, I hit rock bottom. I just completely lost myself uh, in all levels. I was anxious, depressed, having panic attacks. My health was going down. I was getting sick all the time, partying and hitting that rock bottom in my early 20s after years, you know, being a teenager and then coming into adulthood is really what catapulted me into the work that I'm doing today. So in my 20s, it was just a lot of the downloads from the higher powers or spirit or God, whatever you want to call that conditional loving energy guiding me. Sometimes I would say, okay, I'll follow. Sometimes I would say, not today. I know what's best. <laughs> and then, you know, having external elders and uh, peers that were really interested in healing and spirituality and, and that kind of stuff. And so in a nutshell, that's, that's kind of yeah. how I made it here. Was your family open and supportive of like your psychic abilities when you were young? Was that something that was nurtured or was it more just something that you thought was normal and wasn't really talked about or how, what was that dynamic? It wasn't really talked about. I thought it was, I thought it was completely normal. I thought that this is how people live until teenage years. And I'm like, Oh, I'm really fucking weird and this is this is not cool like we're gonna oppress that part of myself and just you know curl my hair wear the polo and the skirt and and go party they were supportive in the way that uh they listened like I would have past life remembrances in my dreams and they would always listen and just kind of 
space, but didn't know what to say. Like, what do we do with that? It's so interesting here. Like the more we talk about our progression in our spirituality to hear the points in time, the ages we are when we abandon ourselves and then the ages we are when we come back to ourselves. And I'm doing all kinds of human design reading. My husband is in HD school and it's that seven year cycle. And mine was right around, I was actually probably seven or eight when I finally was like, you know what? I'm weird. Nobody wants to answer my questions. I'm just going to do what everyone else is doing. And, you know, it took 20 years to find myself again, but I'm, I'm reconnecting with my psychic abilities and my ability to like take in the universal energy. And it's, what was your experience in like reconnecting to that and realizing that it's a gift and it wasn't, you know, something that made you weird or something like that, like re-accepting those abilities for me was such a, a self-affirming moment. Yeah. I think it was, it was two things. So I'm a projector. So being seen with my spiritual abilities and psychic abilities and my so-called weirdness was something that was huge for me and uh, having permission like that projector invitation to speak upon and on like my experience and have people actually receive that. And then also just that inner calling of, I can't live that way. I can't party anymore. I can't go out and binge drink anymore. I can't go out and have one night stands as fun as they are anymore. (laughs) You know? So it was that inner calling, that inner guidance and the invitation. Love that. And you work with so many different healing modalities. And I'm curious, out of all the ones you have experience with, do you have a favorite one that just maybe either was a big part of your journey or you've just seen really big transformation in others? Is there one that stands out? So in this chapter, I would say it's sound healing, Mm -hmm. just because it's so vast. There's so much to it, spiritually and scientifically. You know, everything is sound. That's how we are here, right? So it's really uh, fascinating to me how how sound bridges science and spirituality. It's inevitable, right? But I would say like the gateway drug was probably Reiki. So I did Reiki and then that's when everything kind of started falling through for me. I love that. So let's start there. Let's, cause I've, I've had a few Reiki sessions myself and I've found focusing on my energy, cleansing and clearing and keeping that in tune has been just like very much an up leveling in my own energy, obviously. But tell us a little bit about you know, what is Reiki? What was the journey for you to become a Reiki master and like, Let's just, let's just unpack that whole system. Yeah. So Reiki is essentially a relaxation technique. It's widely used in Japan. I studied underneath a woman of Japanese lineage and um, it's placing hands on the body to offer relaxation, healing energy. It's very restorative. Some people fall asleep on the table when they're getting a session. Some people have you know, wild spiritual experiences or visions of ancestors or spirit guides. You might feel like shaking or hot coldness of energy moving through your body. Um, 
I think one of my callings is doing past life stuff. And so a lot of times I'll find wounds or energetic marks from previous lives that we can just clear because it's not serving anymore. Yeah. And can you, do you do remote Reiki? Yes. Mm-hmm. I've always been so curious about that because I mean, I've done it in person and I love, you know, just being able to be in someone's energy, but obviously, especially with like learning about human design and all that stuff. It's like, I know that energy is not time and space, right? It's like quantum, Mm -hmm. but how does, I don't know, is there a difference obviously in a session like that? Are are you like on just seeing each other through the computer or how does that work? It can go anyway. In my personal sessions, I like to be able to see uh, the person receiving just to know like maybe a part of their body is twitching and that gives me different kinds of cues or their eyelids are, you know, fluttering, even if they're asleep or maybe they're super fidgety and restless. That will tell me that they're kind of resisting whatever it is. And we're getting closer to the loop most likely. So I like to see what's going on. Yeah. Lauren, have you ever had Reiki? I haven't. I have been curious about it for a long time. I even quote unquote one session with someone at like a silent auction at a charity something it it never happened and like it's just one of these things i've always been curious about but it hasn't like be not been become available but like been something for me to respond to yet i have done sound baths and obviously meditation and polarity treatments Mm -hmm. i don't know how that what that is i've done you know cannabis massages with the crystals and like I've done all these other things but I haven't gotten to Reiki yet I know I want to do it it just hasn't been something for me to respond to yet yeah the first time that I did Reiki it was the same thing Lauren I was like I know I want to do this but it's not the right time I would like search for Reiki practitioners in Denver and none of them would feel good so I'm just like I'll keep waiting and then I went to visit my friend in Long Island in Port Jeff, which is like a very witchy spiritual town. It's like crawling with crystal shops and psychics and tarot, whatever. So I was like walking through the neighborhood and looked to my right. And there was a place called the pink salt lamp. And there was a sign that was like Reiki and something inside me was just like, go in and book a session. And then I did. And that was in September of last year. And energetically, I've made such a big shift for many reasons, but I truly believe that Reiki is a big, big part of that. And like, especially for anxiety, like just life altering type of magic, it feels like. So highly recommend. That'll probably happen to me. I'll just walk (laughs) by a place in Scottsdale and I'll just be like told from. Or in Sedona. Yeah. I mean like the, the opportunities, like I no longer have like any financial limitations that used to keep me from even considering things to, to respond to. So now if it happens, it happens. I'm totally open to all of it. Anything that comes in my path is kooky or woo woo as it is. I'm like, yeah, I'll try anything at this point. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. What about something you talk about or that is on your um, Instagram is theta healing. So is theta healing a type of sound healing or what are, what are we? What do we got going on there? So, theta healing is actually a meditation technique and a spiritual philosophy. So, theta healing can be compared to hypnosis. I do a lot of theta healing meditations, and it's a technique that brings you into the theta brainwave state. Mm-hmm. 
I was wondering if that's what it was because I was like, I feel like this is access to a specific brainwave because that's how they're described in neurology. Yes, exactly. And the theta is that really dreamy, trance-like, you're still very much so present and aware, but you're in that juicy ocean of Is that where like lucid dreaming um, happens? Is that in the theta? That's, I have yes. that all the time. I can control my dreams constantly. It's very strange, but I love it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you can do some powerful I have lots of that. adventures right before I wake up. <laughs> <laughs> and then walk us through just a sound healing journey. So, well, and also, and I think like the frequency of sound, I think especially, again, learning about human design and generator types and like the sacral, sorry, my, <laughs> okay. um, this, like the sacral being turned on through frequency. I think that's so just interesting, but tell us more about the sound healing, what it's really doing. And, and I think we might even do a quick little demonstration. So let's talk about it first and then we can give everyone a little, a little medicine today. Yeah. So Sound healing uses different kinds of instruments. We have some crystal balls here. People use drumming, rain sticks, rattles. I have a crystal harp and chimes. And basically what this is doing is it's taking you into a trance-like state or a relaxed state. Uh, so a lot of people like to use it for relaxation, anxiety relief. It's great for insomnia if you can't sleep. And what it's doing on a scientific level is that it has the ability to change the protein in your cells. So in a sound bath, you might find that you zonk right out. It's because your body is tired. It needs deep rest. So your body's saying, okay, we're going to take our deep rest. However, you don't miss anything. Your cells are still open and receiving that sound. And so sound healing is tuning our instrument, our body, like a guitar, back into harmonic resonance. So just like when you play a guitar and it's out of your tune and you're just like, well, that sounds awful. They need to tune that guitar. When our body is out of tune, we feel super anxious all the time or depressed or burnt out with the people that you might work with. Or maybe I have some illness, even as, as bad as cancer. So sound healing for me is really a way of body maintenance, holistic mind, body, soul maintenance. Um, of keeping us in energetic and vibrant vibration alignment. Are your ceremonies like very similar or do you, I know sometimes you do it with a partner, but is there like a specific sequence of like we start here and then we get here or is it more intuitive based on who's attending and what you see that they need? Yes. The second. So For me, I find that in the last two years, there's a lot of fear just in being in groups, fear of each other. There's a lot of energetic armor, I would say, like a lot of people have walls up to protect themselves from illness and to protect themselves from, you know, whatever it is, bad people, the tiger, our nervous system is running away from from years ago, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, I like to use meditation and breath work to kind of de-armor and make our conscious mind, our ego, maybe our inner child feel safe. And then we can relax. And I find that people are way more receptive to sound once 
we feel more safe in our body. Yeah, that is the name of the game feeling. I remember the first time I felt my nervous system actually calm down. Like it was in the middle of my kind of awakening journey and where it was like, actually I read Joe Dispenza's book, um, mm-hmm. Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And that's where I learned about the different brain waves. I was like, oh, I spent all my time in high beta and then getting to use his meditation techniques and then learning how to go into like alpha and theta and then feeling for the first time, like, oh, this is what actual safety in my body feels like. This is what rest feels like. And in the beginning, it could only hold it for like a few seconds, right? Like it wasn't, definitely didn't just happen overnight. But now I've switched to where my norm is to be in safety and my nervous system to be in rest. And then when I get into that high beta frantic, I call it squirrel energy, that's when like, oh, this is weird. What's happening? This isn't my normal anymore. So I can only imagine, you know, if I had found something like sound healing earlier, just how beneficial that would be. But I imagine this is amazing work for people just with that, like, anxiety, anxious, like, activated nervous system would be very good for all of them. Um, I don't know if either of you are musicians. You grew up playing instruments or anything like that. Yes. So Mm -hmm. I grew up as a cellist Mm -hmm. and a dancer and a singer. And I notice now that those elements of sound have been not in my life for a while, that my body feels different as I'm getting back into them. I remember like being able to not even play my cello because it's against your body and the vibrations if I didn't feel good. Like I would have these moments where like it didn't feel right to play. I had a lot of performance anxiety and stuff, but sitting in an orchestra surrounded by all of that sound was like such a impactful childhood memory. And I miss it. And I love live music. That's kind of my thing with live music. It feels like sound therapy, but I'll, I'll share that my first sound bath I went to was on like a new year's day in Denver years ago, but it was a life altering experience, like to lay there for two hours and like with the crystals and the like the aromatherapy, it was like a whole thing. And I've, I've never forgotten that experience, but it, it reminded me of that, like sitting in an orchestra, standing in a choir with like all that sound energy. I mean, our bodies are permeable, right? Like they literally pass through us. So Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. And I have a very interest, not interesting, but just special relationship with sound in general and music because when I first started to learn to meditate I was like I did probably what everyone does I'm like okay I'm gonna sit here in this quiet room and I'm gonna make my mind stop and it's like oh this this isn't working very well and then I found Joe Dispenza so like his techniques really helped because it was like it gave you something to focus on and now in the last like six months I've been working with a psychic here in Denver and between her and just other synchronicities the messages all are like music. Music is your like gateway. Like this is how you, you know, convene with universe source, whatever. And so for me, I use music to manifest. I use music to choose how I feel. And I have like specific playlists for specific moments, binaural beats, going on a walk, that kind of thing where I can, you know, intentionally monitor what I'm feeling 
or if I'm feeling, maybe I'm feeling a way I don't want to feel, I'm like, I can use music and instantly like snap into what feels like alpha brainwaves or whatever. And again, sometimes it's not, it's only for an instant or whatever, but for me, it's like certain songs. And I think this happens to everyone to a certain degree, right? It can take you back to specific memories that can be very powerful and potent, but I love using music as like, I know, I see it as just like magic fairy dust that I sprinkle on myself and like, what do I want to be today? What do I want to create? And yeah, I think sound is just so, I mean, obviously I know you two great. It's so healing. <laughs> so maybe let's give the listeners a little taste. We know you have a few things set up. So you do, do you want to tell us what you're going to do before? Or do you just want to dive in and then talk about it after? Yeah, I'll share a little bit. Okay. So I just have a few crystal bowls here and a crystal harp. And so when you're listening and when I activate the bowls, go ahead and close your eyes, come into your breath and feel in your body where, if you might feel it resonating in your body. Of course, it's different when we're listening through a phone or a computer rather than in person, but it's kind of a fun exercise to somatically go within and see where am I feeling these frequencies. And then with the heart, there's, you know, several different notes in uh, the C octave. So you'll hear that different range if you're a music background kind of person. So yeah, crystal bowls and crystal heart today. Perfect. Okay, everyone, close your eyes. So go. That's right. Yes, close your eyes and start breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. So good. I felt it real hardcore in my throat chakra. It was like, yeah, like 
almost like there's either there's a blockage or I'm like, ooh, there's something that needs to be cleared there. It's kind of what it felt like. You need to sing, girl. Sing with the bows. Uh, yes. I felt it like a gut punch in my like diaphragm, whatever the second tone is. It was like Yeah, that was the uh, It was one. like oh, it's just like <laughs> like you put a energetic fist through my body. That's not in like a painful way. It's just like set it on fire. <laughs> and then the harp just kind of like went straight up my spine to like I couldn't keep my eyes closed anymore. It's so cool. Wow. That was so cool. Listeners, if you're listening and you you did that with us, jump on social media and tell us where you felt it. Where'd you feel it? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to go take a nap now. You know, during the pandemic, I remembered my experience with the sound bath and went and looked for the the frequencies on like YouTube or they were all over TikTok too. Mm. And that even just listening to one frequency, of course, you'll find all kinds of explanations about it. But I found myself listening a lot to the sacral frequencies and the root frequencies because mine's mm. defined, but it still was like dying for a release. And it worked. You know, temporarily, but yeah. yeah, that was so cool. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, of course. And let's dive into past life healing and regression because this is something that I haven't, I guess I haven't done specifically. The psychic that I work with, she definitely works with past lives and ancestral lineage. So things will come up in our ses- sessions about it, but I don't know. I feel so, I don't know. I think I've gotten to a point where I can kind of feel when my soul is reacting to something that's past life first now. Like a lot of times when I'm having like random anxiety or like a situation is really triggering, I'll use the mantra that was then, this is now. Cause it's like, I feel like I'm like soul, like that's not happening. And like, I don't know what you're worried about, but we're safe right now. It's like I'm safe in this body in this in this time and space. So that's been really powerful without even knowing what's being triggered. So I can only imagine if there was like, if there was knowing around that. So I would love to hear actually real quick, Lauren, have you ever done like past life regression? Uh, You know, it most of mine has been very like inner child specific, but Mm. it was my inner child of various ages. Like I mentioned when I had a abandoned myself that also let go of the ability to access the past life information. And now I'm really curious to go talk to a psychic or your psychic Erica, because like I get all this information. I have this saying I've been using a lot lately where I've, I've never known a stranger because like the people that are coming in my life now are all very familiar. And like, I've written like the people who stay and I have experiences with are not strangers to me, but I don't know why. So like, I'm very attracted to like this familiar. I mean, even Nina, you feel familiar to me. Most of our guests, I have that feeling with the ones that I don't, I literally couldn't even tell you their names, you know, but I mean, like I've never known a stranger. So I know, I know it's in there. I know I'm aware of it, but I've never actually worked on it past like the inner child piece. Yeah. Well, and Lauren and I have known each other in past life. My psychic did confirm that. So, which 
makes a lot of sense. But anyway, so Nina, I mean, you already mentioned that even as a child, you had past life memories come up in dreams. So just maybe share your experience with being drawn to it. And then how, how do you facilitate this? How does this work? Let's dive in. Yeah. So I would have these reoccurring dreams, slightly different, but pretty much the same all throughout my childhood. And then as a teenager, I went to Europe and my life was in, I was born in Spain in the life and um, it was during World War II and I was a Jewish woman. And so when I went to Spain, I just like, it was kind of like that gut punch of like, oh my God, this is my home. This is, I feel, you know, you just feel this is your space. And you, all the armor comes down and you're just like, I'm fucking home. Yeah, I felt that when I've been to Italy <laughs> um, every time. <laughs> yes. You even I am. I'm Italian. Sicilian. But like actually standing oh, on the ground okay. in the places where I know my family's from and being surrounded by the language and the food and the energy, like it's it felt otherworldly the first time I went. And then I've been back a few times. I went on a solo trip. That was really the one. But like you feel like a totally different person in your body when you have that like spiritual alignment with a location. I totally understand that. Yeah, it's it's magical. It is. It's a little like, and then you leave and it's like, well, how do I cultivate that where I live now? Or it is, it's an intense experience. Yeah. Lots of emotion is what I've experienced. So yeah, every time I've been back several times and every single time I just feel it on a soul level. I even, I mean, these are just my interpretation, my human interpretations, right? So past life regression, I, I kind of now believe everything is kind of parallel. Everything is happening at the same time or influenced by each other. So yes, it may have happened in my soul's experience before this incarnation, but what I'm doing now also may or may not influence that life or future lives even. So yeah, like I experienced like a memory when I came up onto a, a train dock and I had this overwhelming grief. I just started crying out of nowhere. It's like, oh my God, I lost so many people at this train station. And then we looked it up and there was a bombing, you know, way back when, when it completely cleared out that town. So very interesting. And so, you know, reoccurring very intense things that I just, I couldn't ignore. They just came through. It happened all throughout my life. And as I started getting into hypnosis and theta healing, I realized that that particular lifetime and then a couple of similar events in previous ones even were really tied to my trauma now, even to being adopted and choosing to be adopted. This abandonment, uh, lack of safety, you know, having these magical, not magical because it's everyone's birthrights, but these divine rights that weren't safe to express. So I, I just dove in and I got obsessed with it. Honestly, I started doing past life regressions like once a month and I kept going back to this one fucking life. I was like, I am so sick of this life in World War II. I want to be a princess somewhere. <laughs> you know, you hear all the, I was a queen. And then I'm like, man, I was a, I had a hard life. That was messed up. 
And it took like six sessions to really reconcile with what happened and not hold on to uh, resentment to government and the masculine and, uh, and really reconcile with myself. So I think past life regression can be great for some people like me, where it's just like staring me in the face and doesn't go away. But Erica, you know, maybe for you, it's not really necessary because mm-hmm. we're here now in this moment, in these bodies and the more consciousness and the more presence we bring into this moment, the more we are embodied rather than scattered throughout timelines and dimensions and all of that stuff. Yeah. And I think there is definitely a balance between like, cause I can get really obsessive too when I'm like, oh my gosh, like I felt so much healing by figuring this out and I want more and I want to keep going. And then we lose our ability to, again, just trust that like, oh, I actually have everything I need right now in this body, in this lifetime to feel however I want to feel. And it's also like really, I think, fun and interesting to explore that stuff. For example, one of those, the most powerful past life healing moments I've had was someone I dated back in like 2018 was one of those people who like came into my life. We like weren't even really together, but we dated for like four months and he just like blew up my heart and my world. He moved away. And for the next like few years off and on, like I just like couldn't let go of him and he would like show up and just like, again, like just F everything up. And I always had this experience with him, even when we were dating and he lived in Denver, we would like hang out all weekend. And then on Sunday, when he would go home, like, and he would call me right when he got home, but he would leave. And and like, then I didn't really experience it this way. But now I see it's my, my soul was like, don't leave me. I experienced such a deep sense of like fear of loss with him, which wasn't typical for me. And then fast forward a few years later to last October with my, I think it was my first session with my psychic. And you know, it just came up in the session. She's like, which is the relationship that has you up to your ears in anger? And I was like, oh, it's this guy. So I show her a picture because that's how she works. And ultimately, and, and very synchronistically, I had seen him for the first time in like two years, a few weeks before that. He randomly came to Denver and same thing. Like we hung out for like a day or two and he left and my soul just like lost it. Then I saw Elizabeth She told me that in a past life, we were married, we had three babies, and he left me with the three babies. And so it was this realization of like, oh my gosh, my soul is like, like he's meant to make it up to me in this lifetime, but he's he's a little lost, whatever. But like that reaction, which was very exaggerated, very dramatic. And I mean, I'm an emotional person anyway, so you could justify it or, or not. But either way, as soon as I learned that, that it's like, oh, my soul is like, it's heartbroken over this past experience. And I was able to like bring myself back to the present. And now since that day, like, you know, we're, he, he and I are friendly, but I do not have any ounce of attachment to him. I actually then saw him a few weeks later. Cause I went to where he lives just not to see him, but just, I was there. And it was like instant transformation where I saw him and I was just like, Oh, like, bye. I have to go back to my hotel now. <laughs> and so you know, I think in certain situations, if something seems like seems out of the ordinary and you've done a lot of work on it, like, I mean, I've had out like so much time in therapy processing that situation. And then instantly by just knowing like, oh, my soul has, has, is it, you know, attached to him in a past life. And I don't have to make that mean anything now anymore. 
And even if something does come up, I can, again, just use that mantra of like, that was then, this is now. Like, he is not, we're done with him. And it's like, to me, that's been the biggest, like, mind-blowing thing of like, oh, my God, this is this is very real <laughs> for me anyway. I remember when but, you got that information, um, it was totally. a huge shift. And even when you got the information about our past life together, I was like, oh, yeah, that totally tracks. I, fi- I feel it. And you gave me the definition for it. And I was like, now I'm curious about all these other people who've come into my life recently because everyone is so familiar. I'm like, I know, I'm not curious enough yet to respond to anything. I'm just like, that's fun. <laughs> Hello again. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it all just makes sense in the way that now I trust when I'm drawn to someone and it makes no sense. I'm just like, okay, whatever. You know, we had a soul contract before we came into this life and this feels good and I'm going to go with this. And, you know, again, you don't have to know why, but it sometimes it is really cool. So I don't know, kind of use our intuition for that. That was a fun tangent. What would, <laughs> yes. oh, and all the stories, you know, what's your perspective on, you know, cause now like you get to a point where I think you're more open to this kind of healing. If you're not like, I grew up in a family, my dad's a doctor. So it was like very much like conventional ways of healing. And then I wasn't open to this kind of thing until I reached my version of rock bottom and conventional medicine wasn't helping anymore. So it was like, okay, I have to go find a different way. And then I was able to let my spirituality blossom. And I'm like, I'm open to whatever. But do you find that people have to get to a certain point in their journey before they're open to this kind of thing? Or like, when do people normally find you? I think it's when that curiosity has already sparked and they're kind of doing as much as they can on their own. And then with any type of learning, there comes a point where you need a mentor or a guide or just a person in the middle of the road when you're lost to say, oh, this is that direction and points you to different things. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you're open, I'd say when you're open-minded and open-hearted, there's little pointers everywhere and trusting yourself. Like for me, that was, and still is the biggest thing is like really trusting my body and myself, my inner knowing, Oh, that was a sign. And even if I don't like that sign, I would probably benefit and live a more graceful life by following that than my ego saying, hmm, not today. I know what's best. <laughs> and if you're lucky, the sign will come yeah. around again. <laughs> it often does. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't ignore that. Yeah. And I think that's so, such a beautiful way of saying it. Like we can definitely go research all we want. We have access to literally almost anything we want to know via YouTube. And I think it's great for us to be able to self-learn and self-study. And I have mm, the times that I have quantum leaped the most is when I decide, okay, I'm worth this investment. I'm worth the support and like seeking guidance from people who are a little bit farther ahead of me. So I don't know, I guess anyone listening, if any of this has piqued your interest, like just give it a try, like go use your intuition, find a practitioner. I think, I think that's the biggest thing too, with finding a practitioner. And I'd be curious if you agree, like just wait for the right human to show up in front of you. Who's meant to be your guide and like, listen to the, the intuitive hits that tell you it's so. Yeah. It should feel safe in your body. 
because ultimately we are our own healers and people like me are just, you know, guiding, Mm. maybe try this or suggesting this. And this is what worked for me. Maybe it can work for you, or maybe you can just remix it so that it's yours and authentic to you. Totally. Yeah. It's like, sometimes we just need that permission to heal ourselves. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, Well, so beautiful. Thank you so much for being here today and sharing your knowledge and wisdom and giving us a little taste of sound healing. Before we talk about how people can connect with you, the question we ask all of our guests is, what is your current favorite life hack? So presently, it's vocal toning. So using my voice to sing and speak and really my intention is to anchor into my authentic truth, but just using vowel sounds like singing warm-ups, singing to songs, like yeah, doing all sorts of stuff. Mantra is really the best practice because it uses that neuroplasticity scientifically. And then you have the spiritual embodiment of, you know, whatever mantra you're doing. Uh, overall, I would say breath is the best mm. life hack. Breath is life. <laughs> life changing to just take some deep breaths on purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on purpose. On purpose. Yes. With intention. <laughs> oh, taking really short breaths today. Uh, love it. And what is your favorite way to connect with people? If, if, and when people want more, how, sh- where should they find you? Instagram or my website. So on Instagram, it's Nina underscore Divina underscore all eyes and Divina. And the website is just Nina Born, N-I-N-A-B-O-R-N dot net. Beautiful. We'll drop all of that in the show notes. And if you're listening and you're in Miami, go find one of Nina's in-person sound healings because you won't be disappointed. Yay. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. This was lovely. Yes. And if you're listening and this episode was one of your favorites, it was valuable for you, go ahead and send it to one person who just comes to mind who you think might benefit from listening to the information. And don't forget to stay curious. curious. Disclaimer. This podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure. Any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests. If you disagree with any content presented herein, please find another show before submitting nasty grams. This is a positive vibes only platform. If you love our show and want to connect, share your experiences, or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.